This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus' name. Good morning. Welcome to Lake Community Church's morning Bible study. We are in Exodus chapter 9. And we're going through the plagues, and we're going to make a turn here. And in all actuality, it's not a turn that you really would recognize, and you might even run past it and not realize it. We're going to the sixth plague, and the sixth plague is is a important plague because it becomes personal. And when I say personal, this plague or this calamity, in our modern term, we would actually probably consider it to be a plague, a disease that has to do with your physical body. And so you probably would consider this to be a plague. It's a physical ailment. It's a condition that deals with the body. And like before, when we were dealing with when we were dealing with the livestock being killed, that was a plague on the livestock. We're not sure exactly how that happened. We just know the, all the livestock was killed. This one is actually not going to involve death, but it's going to involve a lot of pain and a lot of suffering. And with that, it's going to be personal with the people, and it's going to be personal with the Egyptians. It's not going to have anything to do with God's people. It's not going to have anything to do with those who live in the land of Goshen, whether they be Hebrew or slaves from other nations. And by the way, a lot of slaves from other nations left with the Hebrews and went with them and became part of what we call Israel. And obviously, there was a gradition of genetics and the such. And so that, that was a situation that added to God's people. And when we get to this, we get to a very personal plague. We also get to a very personal situation for Pharaoh. And of the plagues, in my opinion, this is the one that reveals a lot about how God operates. The first five plagues, Pharaoh hardened his heart. And remember, the number five is the number of grace. And there were five opportunities, or there were five times. Actually, I would say that there were more than that, but there were five calamities that came on Egypt so that Pharaoh could have his eyes open and realize that he needed to submit himself to the will of God and not continue on doing what he wanted. And he did not do that. He was given five clear opportunities to hear God. Now you say, does God only give people five opportunities? No, not necessarily. I don't know if that's ever the truth. And I also don't know, you know, if you just count the number of times people have heard the gospel, some people are not hearing the gospel when the gospel is being preached. Sometimes their ears are closed. Sometimes their heart is closed. Sometimes they're just not hearing the good news of Jesus Christ. I don't really know how many times a person, and no man can know except that man, and maybe he doesn't even know how many times he has actually heard the Holy Spirit speak the call of God on his heart, the opportunity to actually really, in his own mind, assent to the Father. I don't know that, but I do know this. 
that that opportunity only avails itself a few times. Even this Sunday, Pastor Terry uh, was had a real sense of the need for some of the people that were there to hear the good news, to hear the gospel. And, uh, and I could tell that in his prayer with me at the altar, and I sensed it myself before, but he confirmed it in that prayer. And, and so in many ways, I even altered the course of, of the direction of the sermon. Not that I altered the word of God, because remember when we break open the word of God, I, there's probably 20, 30, 40 great understandings that you can get from maybe, maybe every passage and sometimes even from one verse. And I altered the direction of where we were going to target the word of God for that morning because of our feeling that the Holy Spirit was leading us to 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 speak uh, the gospel, to share the good news, and to give someone an opportunity to to receive it and for it to be planted in their heart. It says, so the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, take for yourselves handfuls of ashes from the furnace and let Moses scatter it toward the heavens in the sight of Pharaoh. Now notice, these are ashes and they're from the furnace. And remember, ashes are the residue of that which is burned up by the Holy Spirit. And you need to see that because remember, fire is a picture of the, the work of the Holy Spirit in its redemption and its purification. It's also the work of the Holy Spirit in burning up the works of God's people, which were done by the flesh. And, and it's a picture of burning of the burning and the fire of God's judgment against sin and against humanity. And ashes are the result of that fire. And so he tells them to take that fire from the furnace. And the furnace is, is the place where those things are either refined, the believer's works and his faith is refined, or uh, the non-believer, he is under the full judgment of God. And so he says, take for yourselves handfuls, not singular, plural, handfuls of ashes from the furnace. Notice he's saying, take a lot of it. This is going to be a major judgment, a major plague, a major calamity that is going to befall the Egyptians, and God is going to bring it in 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 abundance. And he says, scatter it toward the heavens in the sight of Pharaoh, which meant throw it in the air. That always reminds me of the great question pastors used to have back when before there were a lot of checks and things like that. Uh, they were arguing how to figure out which, how much of the offering, because obviously back a uh, hundred years ago, the offering would have gone to help pay for the pastor's living and also pay for the church. And one pastor said that he would draw a big circle in on the ground and throw throw the money up in the air and anything that landed inside the circle would be God's and anything that landed outside the circle he considered his. And the other pastor said, that's a great idea. But I find that it's better for me to throw it up in the air and whatever lands outside the circle is God's and whatever lands inside the circle is, whatever lands outside the circle is mine, whatever lands inside the circle is God's. And the final pastor said, I think those are great ideas, but I don't draw a circle. I just throw the money up in the air and whatever God wants, he takes, and I get the rest that fall down. And a lot of times in life, that's the way we are. That's how we deal with things. We set it up so that things work out to our benefit and to our best even though it might not be from God. And even though when it's not from God, we realize that it's not, it's going to burn. It's going to, it's going to dissipate in our hands. It's going to go away quickly. We still want to try to set things up to make things work for on our behalf. And it's just not going to happen that way. And he says, he says, and let they, they scattered this into the air 
and it's going to it's going to work not for the benefit of Pharaoh. And it says, and it will become a fine dust in all the land. Notice God's going to multiply these ashes. It's going to become a giant dust storm in the land. And it says, and it will cause bulls that break out on, in sores on man and beast throughout all the land of Egypt. Notice this is a physical ailment. It's going to, it's going to be on all the animals of Egypt and it's going to be on all the human beings of Egypt. You say, I thought the animals were dead. It's talking about livestock here, okay? In, in, in chapter, in, in the fifth judgment, it's livestock. Here, it's going to be every animal. Dogs, cats, and by the way, those were important animals in Egypt. And then also all the animals that they would have hunted, the beast that they would have hunted in the Nile Delta, all of those are going to be, all the, it's going to be all over everybody. And it will cause bulls and sores on beasts throughout all the land of Egypt. Then they took ashes from the furnace and stood before Pharaoh, and Moses scattered them toward the heaven. And they caused bulls to break out in sores on man and beast. And let me say, this is going to cause a major civil problem for Pharaoh. He's going to have an issue with his people. His populace is going to begin to turn on him because I don't know if it's the case for you, but I can't stand having a sore on me. It's just painful. I don't like it. Most people don't like it. I can endure pain. I have pretty high tolerance for pain, but the truth is I just don't want to, I don't want to be in pain and nobody else does either. Pain is the bane of existence. And when you have boils on your skin, when you have sores on your skin, it's a problem. It's difficult. It's something that you are constantly worried with, picking at. And if it's very painful, uh, oftentimes it can make you sick. And any boil on the skin or any infection on the skin can lead to systemic infections in your body. And this was a ma very major issue in Egypt, and it affected every person in Egypt. This was a medical disaster, as they would say in, in modern time. It was a healthcare emergency that was taking place, and it happened immediately. It it happened all over Egypt, and it happened just to the Egyptians. And I want you to notice that it happened to everybody, no matter their position, and it happened to everybody, no matter their knowledge or insight. Uh, it says in verse 11, it says that the magicians could not stand before Moses because of the bulls, meaning meaning they had the bulls. They, they, did, not, they did not stand up and say, we're as powerful as you. In fact, they shrunk away because because they the, and by the way the Egyptians were heavy into beauty and into skin and in skin care a lot of what we have today in our understandings of uh, taking care of your skin and making it clear and what women use all the time to cause their skin to be wrinkle free came from Egyptian understandings it came from thousands of years ago moisturizing and things like that and so to have a boil on their skin was just horrifying and the magicians the ones who were to be standing up against Moses and stopping him they couldn't stand in front of him because they had the boils on the skin but but by the way that wasn't happening just like with the livestock just like with with the plagues that are going to come later on each one of them God stepped in and he kept them from affecting the Israelites and affecting the slaves that lived in the land of Goshen. And the magicians couldn't stand in it, and the boils were on the magicians and all the Egyptians. Now notice this is the key verse that I want you to see and understand. But it says, but the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh. And you're going to see in the next plague, the hail, 
that that Pharaoh is going to be hardened. Then you're going to see in the next one, it say two more times in Scripture that God hardens Pharaoh's heart. There's been a sea, sea change in how God is dealing with Pharaoh. Remember, it always starts off with grace and mercy. He always starts with love and acceptance, receiving you and uh, trying to make sure that you don't have to deal with his judgment and wrath. But ultimately, if a person is going to reject God, if a person is going to turn away from God's free gift of salvation, of being saved, of being delivered from your own sin and your own death, if a person does that and he, he turns from God, eventually God gets to the place where that person is going to glorify him in a different way. He's going to glorify God's wrath and judgment against sin. He's going to glorify the holiness of God. And that is a tough understanding for believers because we, we have a mandate that's different. We have a we have a ministry of reconciliation. We have a call to preach the good news of Jesus Christ to everyone. And we have a desire to see none lost and all saved. And by the way, God does too. But God knows the heart of man a lot more than we do. And God only God really understands each individual's heart. And only God really knows that individual. And God understands that there are going to be some, and I'm going to use this word, there are going to be reprobates. There are going to be those who are going to refuse God, and they're going to refuse his call, and they're going to refuse to seek him out. And those people, to tell you the truth, those people are not going to, not going to make it into the kingdom. They are going to be the subject of his wrath and judgment. And uh, that's going to happen regularly, and that's going to happen uh, as a matter of course. And you're going to deal with people in the world who God is hardening their heart now. They have had many opportunities to receive him, and they just straight out reject him face to face. Uh, remember that the only sin that, that is unpardonable, it's the only sin that can be that can't be dealt with is the sin of the rejection of the Holy Spirit, the sin of the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, the sin of pointing out that the Holy Spirit is something evil and something to be rejected. That is, that cannot be forgiven. And the reason it is because the, if you reject the, the avenue or the way by which God brings individual persons to him, which is the Holy Spirit revealing Jesus in their heart, if you reject the way to get there, then you can't be saved. If you're on top of a house in a flood and God sends you two boats and a helicopter and you reject the idea of boats and helicopters, well, you're going to drown. You're not going to live. There, there's not a hope for you. Likewise, in a spiritual sense, if you reject the call of the Holy Spirit, if you reject the, uh, the work of the Holy Spirit of revealing Jesus and revealing God's goodness to you, then there is no other way. There's no way to get to God except by receiving God's revelation by his spirit, his revelation of his son. If you don't listen to the one who's telling you where the way is to get to God, then how are you going to ever get there? The Bible says that narrow is the path that leads to life and few there find it. But wide is the path that leads to destruction and many that go there. You need to understand that when the Holy Spirit directs you in a direction in your life, that you need to take that direction. It's of the greatest and utmost importance. And let me say this, 
that can be true of a believer's life in a certain area of their life where they just refuse to listen to the Holy Spirit. And ultimately, the benefits and the grace that God was going to give them in that situation, just they just reject to the point where their heart is so hard toward that they never receive the goodness of God in a certain area of their life because they just are unwilling to abide and heed his voice. And, and you and I know we all have those things. And we need to not reject the Holy Spirit. In the day that the Holy Spirit speaks, we need to receive him and we need to move forward with him. Press into the kingdom of God push forward toward the work of the Holy Spirit and the leadership of the Holy Spirit and not reject the word of the Lord, which is Jesus Christ, the word of the Holy Spirit speaking to us, teaching us and showing us the way, which is Jesus himself. He says, I'm the way, the truth, and the light. Not rejecting that and receiving him is where life is found. And Pharaoh didn't do that. Pharaoh rejected him over and over again in his pride, in his arrogance, in his unbelief, and his unwillingness to hear what God had to say to him. And notice God is sending Moses directly to Pharaoh. Pharaoh can't escape and say, I didn't know. And no man can. You can't escape and say, I don't know. I didn't know. I didn't realize it. No, God knows your heart. And God judge, judges rightly. And God, God judges permanently. And so understanding that and understanding that the judgment of God is real and it's powerful and it's eternal, you need to, when you hear the voice of God, not harden your heart. And remember that it, God says that to his believers in the New Testament. Do not harden your heart as they did in the rebellion. And that was a picture of people who had been delivered by God. These same Israelites delivered by God into the wilderness. And they hardened their heart toward the will and the way of God. And they lost a lot of reward. Now, I believe they were, I believe these people were saved. Why? Because they were saved from slavery in Egypt. But I don't believe that they ever understood or ever walked in the spirit-filled Christian life. I don't believe they ever had kingdom work going on in their life. I don't think they ever experienced the greatness that it is to be a child of God. And they missed out on it. And in heaven, they're going to have missed out on it. Because our reward, uh, who we are and where we are in heaven, heaven's going to be great for everybody. But it ain't going to be the same for everybody. Who we are in heaven is going to be based on our willingness to trust God by faith. Our position and our reward in heaven is built on our, our willingness to walk by faith in what God has revealed to us as his truth. And listen, that's not a faith that's in just some mythical thing out there. That's faith in actual understandings and truths that God has taught us and we are to walk in. And when we walk in those truths, we receive great reward. And when we reject them, we receive great loss. Pharaoh hardened his heart five times. Finally, God said, okay, you're going to be totally, you're going to be totally under my wrath and judgment. And the world is. And so I am no longer going to allow you an opportunity to receive my grace and mercy. I'm going to cut you off and you are going to be a trophy of my wrath and judgment against sin and against my very holiness, I'm going to I'm going to cause you to be an object of that wrath and judgment, and you're going to glorify me and my holiness and my righteousness and my rightness of action. And he hardens Pharaoh's heart. And Pharaoh, from this point on, there's no way for Pharaoh to ever turn back because he's gone from his choice to reject God to God's choice of hardening him. And this is a very sad passage, a very sad passage of scripture, a passage that wouldn't want to happen to anyone, 
but a passage that sadly is true of a lot. And so I'd say to you, if you if it scares you that this is true, I'd say to you today, I'd say don't harden your heart as in the days of the rebellion. If you hear God's voice, receive it. If you hear God's call, chase after it. If you hear God's power, God's power at work in your life and your and God's hand leading you, grab hold to it and receive the goodness that is God. God's grace is available. Trust him. And if you hear it, hear it and act upon it. Act in faith, obedience born of faith. And that faith is based off of the call and the understanding and the truth of God's word. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.